0: You know, the Greeks had a couple of different ways of speaking about time. They talked about chronos, from which we get chronology. That's the measure of time, the quantity of time, whether that be in seconds or days or hours or millennia, years, that's the, the measure of time, chronology, chronos. Uh, It could be how long ago something happened or how much into the future something is planned to happen. It's uh, the measure of time. But they also had another word, kairos, which was about the quality of time the opportune moment for something to happen, or something that happened in a historic way, in an important way, an important, altering, life-changing direction kind of way. Sometimes we call these in uh, Christian circles a divine moment, something that happened in a way that, it doesn't matter when it happened, it's what it did to you as it happened. A kairos, a, a quality change moment. I wanna take us as we are beginning 2023 in this new year to a new perspective that for me came back in those 1900s, early in our marriage. I wanna take us back to a Kairos moment that happened for me because it changed us. It changed how we looked at life. It changed how we looked at scripture. It changed how we looked at serving other people, how we looked at work, how we looked at our neighbors. It changed everything for us going forward in that moment. So back in the 1900s, shortly after Kelly and I were married, we graduated from college and we went off to an amazing place, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And you laugh, but I think Chattanooga is probably one of the most underrated travel destinations in the eastern United States, if not in the United States as a whole. You only know Chattanooga because you go down I-75 straight to Florida and you don't even know what Chattanooga is. Chattanooga, that's the eastern outskirts of Chattanooga. That's like driving through Southfield and said you've been to Detroit. All right, you, you haven't seen. Chattanooga Chattanooga is nestled on the other side of the western ridge there, the Missionary Ridge, right on the Tennessee River as it cuts through the western Appalachia. It is beautiful. It's picturesque. They have free electric transportation to all of the sites that are down there. The best aquarium complex in the country, if not the world, is there. They have a minor league baseball stadium that overlooks the, the river valley and the city right there. You can take that free electric transportation all the way up on top of Lookout Mountain where you can see seven states and you can talk about Civil War history. It has a little bit of something for everybody. Some of the best whitewater rafting is within a 20-minute drive of Chattanooga. There is so much there for everybody. And I'm not just saying all of this because I get paid by the Chattanooga Transportation Bureau. (laughs) But I should. I've recommended this as a place for people to go with, especially young kids. There is just literally something for everybody. It's a wonderful place. We've went there several times. But living there, we lived right um, on the side of Missionary Ridge, overlooking the city. But to get to where we served in the little church that we were serving as youth pastors, we had to go through Missionary Ridge, rather than winding our way over the top of it, through a couple of narrow one-way tunnels... Um, that went through the ridge in one direction and through the ridge in the other direction. Real easy for us to get to the church on State Line Road, right on the literal state line of Tennessee and Georgia, where we serve this community. Really hard to get back because as we are going back to those tunnels, it's two lanes that have an intersection, and then politely, those two lanes need to merge together within a 100 feet span to get into that one lane to go in. And the traffic coming the other direction doesn't have to stop. So you get on the other side, and you have space for three cars to turn left, as they hope somebody will let them go down into our neighborhood. Or you could go down into the city. One day, I know we were having a bad week because I was in a, a loaner from the mechanic. And it was a little tin box of a car. It was ugly green, and it was, I mean, I could—I don't think it really kept out the elements at all. And I had just been having a week, and I just wanted to get home. All I wanted to do was get home, but the traffic was thick, and I finally got up to that intersection that was going to take me back into that tunnel, and the light turned red. And so I'm stuck between uh, my home, this tunnel, and two minivans that are right in front of me. And this is NASCAR country, and these ladies were apparently fans. (laughs) They're starting to rev their engines. They're lurching, 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 waiting for that light to turn green. And when that light turned green, they both gunned it for that tunnel entrance. And there is not enough space for them to be able to both fit into that tunnel at the same speed at the same time. And as they're both lurching up there, one of them has to make a decision of whether or not they're going to hit the brakes or they're going to hit the wall. And the right wall comes into play a lot faster than the left wall. And so that one lost. And so they just barely just rubbing his racing. All right. So they just kind of both slid in there together. Now this tunnel. Is just nothing but tile in your middle of rock. And I could hear them continuing to exchange greetings to one another all the way down the tunnel. <laughs> Little one finger waves back and forth going on between them. And all, everybody in the tunnel knew what was happening between these guys because we just all witnessed two vans, a car that came in ahead of me. And then myself. And I'm just like, I just hope we get to the other end. I just want to get home. Let these ladies go on and do their own thing at the, you know, in Chattanooga if they want to. But let me get to my house on the other side of that tunnel. And as we get to the end of the tunnel, the car in front of me goes right. But both of those vans apparently want to go to my neighborhood. <laughs> and then I'm right behind them. And I just want to get home. And instead... Because you can't go anywhere, the lady in the second van gets out of her van. And she goes to the lady in the front van. Now they're causing a scene, and everybody decides to stop and watch. I just want to get home, but Jerry Springer has now come to my neighborhood. (laughs) And they're just continuing the conversation that they had a moment ago in the tunnel, and they're just letting each other have it. And then it happened. The lady on the street reached in and punched the lady in the front van. But that wasn't what happened. What happened in that moment was all of their kids coming out of their van, crying and screaming and begging for somebody to intervene. I hopped out of my car because I saw this girl, no older than eight years old, just crying and pounding the hood of my car, begging for me to do something as she was begging everybody in the street to do something. But instead of anybody else getting out of their car, I'm now the only other person on the street because everybody else is watching and cheering and putting their cars into park as this madness is ensuing in front of me. And I go up there and as I'm approaching them, I realize that my Bible college degree has not properly prepared me for this moment. Now, ladies, this is not how we handle a situation like this. No, I was, I was tight. I was escalated. I was yelling and screaming, and I was trying to get their attention. They were upset. I was upset. I, I was yelling. They were yelling. They had each other's hair. I hadn't thought of that. And I grabbed two heads full of hair. And it worked. I had their attention all of a sudden. And now they're not concerned about each other. They're concerned about the crazy guy who's just come out of nowhere and taken their hair. And they start looking at me. And then they start trying to get me to take their side. And they're going, you don't understand what she did. And she did, and she hit me and all this other different stuff. And I'm going, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I don't care. And then I realized I was so amped up with their hair in my hands and us against the van, I was pounding their heads as I'm enunciating the entire time. It was very effective. And as I'm banging their heads into the van, they keep trying to argue with me, trying to help me to understand their side of the situation. I go, I don't care. What I care about is your kids are running around the street screaming and crying because their mothers are acting like this. And they got silent. I'm gonna count to three. And you're gonna let go of each other's hair. And you're gonna get in your cars, you're gonna take your kids home and try to explain to them what you've done. But she shut up. <laughs> 1 2 3 3 <laughs> And they let go. And then they looked at me cuz I hadn't let go. <laughs> and I start to release that grip. Their kids grab around them crying. They both get into their vans. I am just motionless. I'm just frozen. I'm just stuck there on the side of the road. I watch as both vans go in completely different directions. And somebody, those traffic starts moving, goes by and says, she broke up a really good fight. And I'm like, come show me a fight. (laughs) I get into my little matchbox of a car. I'm one block from home and I can't stop. I just keep driving. I'm crying, I'm yelling, I'm, I'm, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. All I wanted to do was get home and now I don't know what to do with all of this inside of me. I don't know if I was looking for more moments of road rage or what, but I just kept going. I got to the other side of town in the back of a Kmart parking lot. I'm just pounding my steering wheel. What was that? God, what was that? And it was like I could hear a voice of God in my head saying, that's what I feel every day as I watch a world tearing itself apart and all of my people just want to get home to heaven and ignore it. I made my way home, talked with Kelly about this crazy thing that just happened, and it started changing us, it started changing the way that we looked at life, the way we read scripture, even the most basic of things, like John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, so whoever would believe in him would not have to perish, but have everlasting life. We all know that. Now when I read John 3.16, and now when I teach John 3.16, it's very simply, for God so loved the world, he got involved. He doesn't just stay back on the sidelines. Pastor Chris is going to take us into Exodus in the coming months and weeks. And here's Moses, a guy who sees his own people tearing each other apart. And so he sees this injustice that's happening to them as they're slaves, and he wants to do something about it. And God comes to him and says, the cries of the people have risen up to me, and I'm going to do something about it. I'm sending you. And I started realizing that sometimes when we see injustice, sometimes when we see hurt, sometimes when we see things that break our hearts, it's actually God tapping us on the shoulder saying... Why don't you partner with me in making this better? Micah 6.8, walk humbly with your God, act justly, love mercy. To act justly, we started recognizing was to be able to see an injustice and find out how we might be able to get involved to bring justice, to bring correction. Orchard Grove, my hope for you for 2023 is that you don't just have a good chronos 2023, a good chronology of this year, but that you have a divine moment that leads you to do something to get involved, to make this world better, brighter, more just, more righteous, more on track with the world that God designed this to be, not just the way it's just spinning out of control. And that only is going to happen when you see a moment and you take that risk to get up, to say, teach me something. How can I help? Not to kind of come in as the saviors, but to come in humbly, willing to learn, willing to walk alongside of somebody in hurt and need and trouble, and to bring a little bit of partnership and joy and life and love into their lives. For God so loved the world, he got involved. And the invitation is there for us to also get involved. To bring his love, to bring his light, to bring his correction. The parable of the good Samaritan is the parable of the guy who got involved. He didn't walk on by like the other church guys did, but he makes himself vulnerable by taking the time in the place where someone was mugged to help them. He gives of his resources to further help him. He gives, of, gives up to help lift up. We have to be people, if we're going to be people of Jesus, to be people who get involved as Jesus so wonderfully, perfectly got involved in our lives. You are probably in this space because someone made a difference in your life. Someone got involved in your life. Someone gave for you. In 2023, who will you give to? Who will you love? Who will you go to? Who will you stand alongside of? If you want to know a place to start, you're in a place to start. Take one of those cards in front of you and give us your name and phone number and say, I want to get involved and someone will be in touch with you to find a place for you to contribute. So many good things take place within this space, but so many good things take place through this place. And we would love to have your participation as well. Let 2023 be a landmark year for you. Not just a time, but a quality of time moving forward within your life because you gave your life to others.